and welcome to the podcast, Digging, Doubting, and Believing. My name is Lori Cloutier, and I'm joined today with Tracy Eiberg and Pastor Michelle Rem. We'll be digging into our Bibles today and talking about how its words challenge us, inspire us, and help us to deepen our faith. Today, we're going to be digging into the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, which is the gospel for February 19th using the Revised Common Lectionary and is often called Transfiguration Sunday, right? Correct. Correct. So, Tracy, you're going to read our gospel. All right. So here's the Transfiguration from an NRSV Bible. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Thanks. So, I had to, when I read this, this was a hard, a hard text for me. And so I had to go back to why we were doing this podcast. And so, really, I had to look at digging and then what's easiest for me, the doubting. So... <laughs> First of all, the digging, I thought, well, what, what part of this, this text makes me want to dig deeper into the Bible? And the first thing that I came up with was the reference to the six days later. Six days later from what? Well, if we look right before this, we've got... Um Jesus telling of his death and resurrection and the cross and the denial. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back further because it's not showing me really. So is that um, before this, right before this, is that when um, Peter, he tells Peter, get behind me, Satan? That is right before, yeah. Well, not right before, but it goes Peter's declaration. And then it goes, Jesus foretells his death, so Peter took him his side and said, God forbid it, this must not happen to you. And then Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone want to be followers of mine. It, it's not really clear six days after what, because it says, you know, Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi. And then it says, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. But it doesn't really refer to anything right before the six days that I can see. Okay, so then my next question with that is, is Matthew, um, the book of Matthew, is, is his writing um, timelined? Is this just a wording that Matthew uses, or do the other Gospels use wording like that, you know? 
Oh, you guys ask me questions that I don't have the answer hey, to. Well, <laughs> I, I was digging, and I and between the commentaries and digging into you know some biblical things, I did find in one of the commentaries that they felt that the reference was to six days after he was tempted. By the devil. Tempted by the, by the devil? That's what it wow, said. That was one of the commentaries. And then in another commentary, it said, or perhaps the reference <clears throat> was just made because it, it, it was pulling back into the Old Testament of when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he was on the mount and it was covered by a cloud by God for six days, and on the seventh day, God talked to Moses. See, and that makes much more sense to me than trying to connect it back to the temptation because the temptation of Jesus, I mean, that's way back in chapter four. Right. So if we're only six days after that, that means mm -hmm. we're, I mean, how quickly did this ministry go? I don't think it went that fast. Right. Um, and, so, and Jesus is the new Moses. Mm -hmm. So yep. to make that connection to Moses makes a makes lot sense. of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the other <clears throat> things that I, I thought about as I read it, and then I started digging, and maybe some of you listening to the text thought about this too, the, um, the implication of a mountain. And how many times is mount, you know, going up a mountain used in the Bible? And a lot of times it's used and it means there's something big's going to happen there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. The so, mountain is seen as the holy place. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, where else have we seen the stories of the mountain? Yeah. And you found some. Right. <laughs> when you dig, you find things. It is. Yeah. And you go down that... Did you see that ad about the rabbit hole? There's an ad now that shows, it, it's an ad about the internet, and there's this giant rabbit. Tracy often talks I about do. when we dig into our Bible, it's like it down a leading hole. down yeah. the rabbit hole. I know that for our listeners, that might not have made sense, so I'll clarify <laughs> that. But So there's an ad on TV now about the internet. And then there's this giant rabbit, and people are looking on their on their computer, and they go and pick them up, and they throw them down this giant hole. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's what that God is doing sometimes. He throwing us down the hole. Picks us up, and he throws <laughs> us down the giant rabbit hole of the Bible. That's what I felt like this afternoon, trying to find yeah. some. Well, when you think about all the different things people can get caught up in yeah. and get led to dig further, mm -hmm. Isn't the Bible the best one? Yeah. You know, you would yeah. want people to get lost in the rabbit hole of the Bible. And it's never ending because I think yeah. that one question leads to yeah. another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, what references are there in the Bible to a mountain? Well, Moses yeah. was talked to. Go up the mountain. Go up the mountain, and God met him up there, and mm -hmm. spoke and if with you remember, Moses' face was transfigured. Yes, yes. and, and then when he came the, down, and it was shiny, mm -hmm. and then he had to put a veil on. Yes, he didn't, yes. Yep. So another yeah. connection to Jesus being the, the new shine. Moses. Yep. Yeah. And the shine, the bright shiny mm -hmm. white. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, another mountain. 
or another ark rest on a mountain? Yes, Mm -hmm. Mount Ararat, and that's found in Genesis. Noah's ark rested on the mountain Mm -hmm. after the flood. Mm-hmm. The ark came to rest on that mountain too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. I was thinking, oh, sorry, I was thinking the ark of the covenant. <laughs> no, I meant the ark itself, the big yep, boat. Noah's ark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Jesus, he often goes up on a mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And right before he was arrested and um, crucified, he went up three times, right? Mm hmm. And then is that the time when the disciples fell asleep and you'd have to keep waking That's them up? That's in the garden. That's in the garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the garden is not the, up uh, in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not that I know of. Yeah. Um, another one? Weren't the feeding, uh, well, the big Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Last week. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because depending on which gospel you're looking at, it's either the Sermon on the Mount or, or the, the Sermon plain. on the Plain. Yes. You know, oh. one, it's on a flat. I think is it Luke that it's mm-hmm. on the plane? Yeah. yeah. But the gospel last week was taken from Sermon. Matthew, mm-hmm. so it was called the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, also, did they, didn't they, uh, was the feeding of the 4,000 on a mountainside or something? Because Jesus, after that, he went up to pray. They went out into the water, and that's when he walked to them on water mm-hmm. they were heading yeah. from one to the next yeah i don't remember yeah, about a mountain though okay i'd have to look at well that. in a couple of weeks ago our text was when jesus was tempted and that was on a mountain right part of it mm-hmm. yeah yep uh, the devil took him up to the pinnacle of the yeah. yeah you know it makes me just want to go to high places because something great is going to happen yeah yeah, I don't know what, but perhaps it makes you want to just get closer to a high, high place. There you go. I found, I'm still back on Jesus going on the mountain. Okay. <laughs> but uh, when Jesus walks on the water, you're correct. It says, um, so he feeds the 5,000, and then he tells the disciples to go in the boat. He goes up on the mountain to pray. The storm comes, and he walks across yeah. the water. So, so aren't there feeding of 5,000 and feeding of 4,000? There Two is. Two separate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't completely wrong in what I was saying. <laughs> there are two ver- There two, are. Two separate mm-hmm. instances. So I'm sure there are other places in the Bible, and maybe our listeners can dig into their Bibles and find some other places. But Follow that's what's fun <laughs> about the Bible is that we can dig into it and, and just pick something out of a text and ask a question and then start digging mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. it's why fun. so many thousands of years after it's been written we still read it right yeah yeah and it really makes you think about how <clears throat> how the new testament is so connected to the old testament mm-hmm. that you can go back and it just really mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, yeah. And then the second question that i had looked at was Things that challenge me and, and perhaps challenge our listeners too is, um, you know, when I when I read this text initially, I thought, oh my goodness, is this believable? Like, I know that there are stories in the Bible and some of them are stories to teach us lessons and some of them are really happened. But I have not heard that God has talked to anyone up on a mountain lately. Mm-hmm. And for some people who are really 
wondering about religion and God and you read a story like this, mm -hmm. it is one of those stories that you could say, Maybe not so much. It didn't happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think when we hit questions like that, I think we have to ask ourselves the question, what is truth? Mm -hmm. You know, is truth only contained in those things that are factual, that, you know, like a news story? This mm -hmm. is what happened, you know, on day one, day two, day three, whatever. Is that the only way for truth to be there? And I would have to say no because the truth that it can teach us may have nothing to do about whether it really happened or didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think we can look at it and we can say, well, what is the truth in this mm -hmm. text? And um, perhaps sometimes we have to let go of that question of, did it, is it factual as right. in reporting yeah. actual events that occurred? For some people that's important. If it's not factual, then it's somehow less true. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that is the case. Mm -hmm. um, so then the question becomes, what do we learn from this? Mm -hmm. And to me, those three words that God said, listen to him. Just saw when Tracy even read it. I just kind of closed my eyes and, and she kind of said, listen, listen to him. <laughs> and, and to me, that's maybe what, what I pulled out today, um, what I needed to hear, maybe what made me, you know, when I asked, okay, let's not look at did this specific incident happen, but what are we supposed to learn from it? Mm -hmm. Like, listen to him. Just open your heart, Lori, and listen. Which is not an easy thing to do, is it? I mean, so often I am telling God or telling Jesus, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, asking or, you know, it's usually me doing the talking this rather than me. This is what I need. Yes, yeah. yes, rather than me trying to say, okay, Jesus, what are you saying to me in this? Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. flipping that is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and in this, this instance, I think he was wanting them he, he was trying to give them proof that what he was saying, that, that the bells we ring. We hear the bells the... ringing. When Tracy talks, the bells ring. Those are the bells from our church. So we hope you enjoy them. They're in background music to our words. There we go. I think he was, he was trying to give them um, background uh, proof of what he wanted them to know about what was coming. So he's telling them that he is going to die and be resurrected, mm -hmm. and here is the proof. I've got these two guys here mm -hmm. that died a long time ago, and here they are with me, mm -hmm. you know, looking good, talking <laughs> with me, you know, so. And Peter wants to build him a house to live yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, I think, he was showing them that, that there is truth in what I've been telling you, mm -hmm. that death is not final. Mm -hmm. And here you go. You can see this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and there is the, the connection also. You know, we've talked a little bit about Jesus being the new Moses. But there was also the belief that Elijah would return yep. prior to the coming of the Messiah. So here we have Elijah returning. Maybe that's the one I was asking earlier about is in Malachi. I don't remember you asking about Malachi. Before we started taping, oh. I'm like, something is in Malachi. Oh. I can't remember what it is, but maybe it's where 
Elijah. He mentioned Elijah mm -hmm. coming again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'd have to go down that rabbit hole again. Yeah. It was interesting, too, what you were saying a little earlier, Lori, about your reaction if you did experience something like yes. this. You know, what yep. we see Peter's reaction, hey, let me do this. Yeah. And what might we react? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said before, um, we started taping and we were just kind of talking and, um, you know, and that's another question is, you know, how can I relate this to, you know, what, so it's hard to believe that God would come and talk to someone now, but let's just say he would, you know, and he would, um, maybe he'd have Jesus and Moses there talking with me. You know, what would I do? I think I'd probably... <laughs> I would probably not say anything. But if I would say something, I would probably be like Peter because I'm, yeah. I, I, I like to hostess. I like to make people feel comfortable. I, you know, I would want to bake some cookies. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm right along with Peter. Want mm -hmm. me to build a tent for you guys and then you have a place to stay. Not even thinking about the big picture of why are they here and what are we doing, but mm -hmm. I would but I would, yeah. or I would be dead silent or like once, you know, God actually starts talking, I think is when the disciples then fall down mm -hmm. and that yeah. I probably yeah. would do yeah. that too. But. Right. See, and I think, I mean, I think what I would do is first of all, think that I have to commit myself or go talk to a counselor or something because I would think that I was mm -hmm. not... Yeah in touch with reality anymore <laughs> yeah i and, think that and, would be my I and mean, be very truly. afraid to tell people for fear mm -hmm. of what they would think of yeah. your sanity mm -hmm. i don't know that i would tell anyone right yeah yeah um i i like that peter says you know let me build this you know i can good thing we're here i can take care of this um so we were talking earlier too about the different nouns that are used for what he wants to build. So we've got tents in one version, we've got shelters, we've got dwellings, you said booth, home, home <laughs> you know, and and other things that I've read, a commentary was saying that he said he would want to build three of them, one for each, as a kind of a memorial to remember mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. People do build memorials to remember certain things, but what I thought of when I read that was, you don't need a shelter because he is your shelter. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And so why would you even offer to build that when here I am mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take care of everything. So yeah. just listen to me. Mm -hmm. Listen to him. Yeah. yeah. But Peter, I think, and, and one of my questions was why these three guys? What do these three guys that the other nine don't, what do they have that the other nine don't have? Oh, the disciples. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so Peter and James, and, and then it says John, but it says the brother. So is this James's brother, or is this Jesus' brother, John? I think it's James's brother. Yeah. Okay. James. So they're kind of the first they're ones the that were called, of weren't they? Yeah. Sons mm -hmm. of Zebedee. Mm -hmm. um, so do they have distinct personalities that are very different 
So Peter can appeal to a certain kind of people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to go and tell. I mean, did, did he pick his disciples because of their personality differences that will reach more people? And do these three have like the best qualities of they all the disciples know. to be able to take this message mm -hmm. and transfer it yeah. into things, you know, to yeah. spread that message? Yeah. I think, again, that's one of those unanswerable questions, but we do know um, from the Bible, it you know that Peter, James, and John appear to be leaders within mm -hmm. the group, uh, and some disciples we don't hear much about at right. all. Yep. But Peter, James, and John seem to be kind of that inner circle. Mm -hmm. um, and were they three of the first ones that Jesus asked to follow mm -hmm. him? I mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, yeah. But why? Who knows? You know, it could be because of their that they had different strengths and. Yeah abilities and you know mm -hmm. he was maybe he did the Myers-Briggs and <laughs> right right but then you know that, that question can come to us why does he choose us mm -hmm. to follow him you know he chooses us yes he does mm -hmm. and you know that's that that doesn't there's no good answer to that question no either. I've thought about that often why am I convicted to do or say or Mm -hmm. Yeah, and whatever and, certain things, and other people, I maybe they do. They just don't say anything about it, and I talk about it, and they don't. But mm -hmm. like, it it almost sometimes feels like a burden, mm -hmm. you know. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. It's like mm -hmm. the doubting. Yeah, it's there's a responsibility with it, right? There's, yeah, mm -hmm. a burden with it. Yeah, and there is, you know, there's a lot that we receive from our faith, but I think there's also that. That call, I mean, the disciples didn't have the easiest time following mm -hmm. Jesus, and afterwards, no. definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought, in some ways, I think God, and not not for the two of you, but for me, <laughs> that God calls probably for the two of us. <laughs> that God calls us and asks us to serve actually from our weakness rather than our strengths. Completely it, true. Yeah. I totally believe that when I. First, in 2017, started doing more things in front of adults. I mean, up until then, it was all teach Sunday school, mm -hmm. do things with the kids, because yeah. I teach, and I teach little ones. Being in front of adults, even at a meeting, sitting down at a table, not even having to stand in front of them. Mm -hmm. Intimidating. Scary, scary, scary. I would shake. I wouldn't have my words, and I still don't sometimes. But to, to stand up in front of a congregation and to lead anything or speak at all yep petrified yes but I, yeah now i'm not i mean i still get nervous mm -hmm. right but yeah i have grown a ton mm -hmm. and so i i do believe you are right <laughs> well i always have said your weakness the, yeah. you know god has a sense of humor because he called me to be a pastor <laughs> Because I was the kid that clung to my mom's leg. I was the, the one who never wanted to be seen by anyone. And then God stuck, you know, kind of pushed me right out there and said, Ha ha, Michelle, go. Yeah. <laughs> I bet our listeners right now are saying, What is God pushing? What weakness is He pushing? Yeah. And Using. asking me mm -hmm. to do because mm -hmm. I need to listen to Him. But sometimes it's just hard to. Mm -hmm. To know what he's saying. And yeah, so, it is. Mm -hmm. it is. I have too often wondered why we don't get these experiences. And yeah. I don't know. 
you know, and maybe we do, but we discount them because, again, like I said, I just want to get lost in that logic, and yeah. it makes no sense to me if somebody shares this kind of a spiritual experience. I would mm-hmm. say, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that maybe it's our limitations more than mm-hmm. than it not happening. Right. Did we have any other questions or challenges? I think, Tracy, you said you had a couple of more questions, or did we cover those? We, we ended up covering them. I think one question, too, was, why did Jesus say, don't tell anybody about this? Because you would think he would want, I mean, why did he bring them up there then? Why did he allow them mm-hmm. to you know, be um, talked to by God if then they just had to ponder it in their heart and think mm-hmm. about it? And wait until he died and was, you know, was crucified and died and rose to heaven. Um, I just mm-hmm. have to wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's an answer to that either. Um, that uh, they call that, I think, the messianic secret and why Jesus tells people in different places in the Bible not to say anything. Um, I don't think there's an answer to that, except that he probably had a reason, whether it was to make sure that his death occurred at the right time, that, who knows, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, this um, brings our podcast to an end. I hope our listeners have been inspired to, number one, get digging in their Bible, and number two, um, looking at this text and and seeing how it can connect to their life and what maybe answer the question um, what is God's what is Jesus saying to you because in our text it said listen to him what what is he saying and what do we need to listen to mm-hmm. so we hope you join us again this podcast comes to you from St. John Lutheran Church in the beautiful town of Alma Wisconsin, found right here on the Mississippi River. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us next time for Digging, Doubting, and Believing.